0: Are you listening? And if you are, I hope you hear me. This is my very first podcast ever, which I am excited about. And I know that we have to find ways to do or have outlets within our lives. We have to learn how to not hold things in and find ways to express them, whether that's in working out, singing, dancing, writing in a notebook, yelling in your pillow, writing things and typing things in your notes. You have to find a way to get out whatever you are going through out. And for me, I have found a way to let out things by jotting things down, remembering the dates and how I felt that day, and did I make any progress within my life? Or how has it gone? And it took me a very long time to get to the place where I'm at today, where I'm at peace, believe it or not. And if you know me, you know that for the past three years, I was in a very, very, very harming, narcissistic relationship with my ex, and That's what we are going to talk about is narcissistic abuse. I know that there are women because I have friends personally who has watched me go through that and overcome it. And now they may find themselves in situations that remind them of what I've gone through in the past and they always ask me, how did you do it? How did you get away? How did you stop? How long did it take you you know, a lot of these questions I get asked. And, you know, it it's something that I finally came to the idea to talk about it, to share my story, Um, because this is a very, very, um, it was a very harsh time for me. It was. And... I think that maybe even if I can touch just one person who may have gone through what I went through or is going through it, that I did something right. So we are going to get right into it. In order for you to understand this situation, you have to understand how it began. And so I'm going to break up this podcast, which will be a five-series podcast, about how it started, where it got, where it went, and where is it now, and how am I. So, how did I meet this man? He... So I had moved to Phoenix, Arizona, where I reside now currently, about a little bit over three years ago. I was 22 at the time. And I had moved to Phoenix to be closer to my dad's side of the family. And my sisters, they were coming out this way. And, you know, I didn't want to be a part of them and I away from them. And I didn't want to be in Dallas by myself, where I am originally from. So I moved. And when I moved, I... I was really nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how this would go. I, I didn't know anything, but I took a chance. So I moved out here and I was staying with my father in Maricopa, which is this little town out in um, Arizona. And I did not know anybody. I didn't really have any friends. I didn't know how to make any friends out there because we're if you know anything about Maricopa, you know, it is just a small little place. There's not really places that you can mingle. I think they have about one bowling place out there. Um of course a casino. And just, you know, but it wasn't really things you could do to really be sociable with. Um and find people to meet so I decided to make a tinder account I know tinder um so I made that tinder account and I think I probably had made that and it was up for about a little bit like a month tops and I ended up swiping and swiping and then I found my ex and we ended up matching. About a day later, um, he messages me on there and he's like, you know, how is a girl like you on Tinder? Um, How am I, you know, am I gonna be able to take you out? Can I get your number? And I went for it. I thought that he was charming. He was into fitness. Um, you know, he's a very charming person and man. Um, he was very easy on the eyes. So, and I had nothing else better to do. So I said, why not? So I ended up going, we ended up texting for about, about a week back and forth. You know, I was getting the good morning, beautifuls, good morning, queens, the, the long paragraphs of how amazing I looked and how great he was and, and, and excited about um you know being able to get to know me and he had invited me to a restaurant called Hanny's and I believe this was around October because I had met him in November. Oh I'm sorry. I met him in November. This dinner had to be around, I think like the end of November going into October. Um, so we end up going to dinner. So that was the first time him and I was ever going to see each other face to face. And I remember contemplating on if I wanted to go because the drive to get there was just, you know, it was about a, 25 30 minute drive and i was working that day and i was moody and i didn't know if i wanted to see him i didn't know anything like that i was very contemplating on it but i figured like any woman does sometimes free mail why not you know free mail good time you know, if it, if it goes shitty, I don't have to see him again. So I said, why not? Um, so I end up being about 25 minutes late. And I get there. And he's sitting there. I remember opening the door. And I knew right away where he was at, where he was sitting. And I will never forget what he had on. He had on a black v-neck, jeans, and I believe some chucks, the black and white, the original ones. And I remember I had on high-waisted pants, this tank top, and these black boots that were heels. And my hair was curly, and I had pinned it back, and, um, you know, I did my makeup and stuff. And that's what it was. So... We end up meeting, as soon as he sees me he stands up and we hug each other and then we sit back down. We start ordering appetizers and drinks and we begin to get to know each other. He had allowed me in on his personal life, that he was a father of two um, with two different women involved. Um, that he had kids by, um, that he was this man who worked in, you know, in construction or blue-collared or, you know, he was electrician and all that. Um, that he was a hard worker. And that he lived with a sibling of his. And that he was trying to do the best he could to be a father and find a spouse and at that time I did not know in depth about the relationships he'd had with the mothers of his kids and I didn't care at that time um, because we were it was brand new to the both of us I ended up telling him that I was you know and I came from Dallas and I was out here and why I came out here and you know what I did, um, and at that time I was working out in Tempe. I was working as a teacher um, at this child center place. So, you know, the night go we end up we end up um, ordering our dinner, and after that we leave and we start walking downtown, and it had to been late and we started holding hands and i remember him walking me pretty much almost to my car because i parked in public parking and after that we hug each other and we leave i think the most intimate we got that day was holding hands so after that um about a week or a half later we and of course we're Facetiming and we're talking and we're hanging out and well not hanging out but we're we're still communicating via phone and you know he's watching my social medias and you know checking for me and you know I didn't really know how I felt in regards to him at the time so I wasn't really as adamant about how he was towards um, me like he you know I kind of was still standoffish, but I still chose to communicate with him. So I remember the next date we had, we went on to a place called Blue Martini, which was a sushi place. And I remember it was really nice outside because we ate outside. And I remember I was waiting in the parking lot for him. And I see this guy on this motorcycle and he's going fast and I'm looking at him and I'm intrigued and I'm like who is that guy and he it ends up being him which I kind of thought it was pretty cool that he rode Midas like you know he rides so I kind of put that on the cute list or whatever and so I remember him getting there and we end up going into the restaurant, and we order drinks, and we eat outside, and I remember while we're eating outside, he's just giving me this look, and then these two young girls come walking by, and they compliment me, and it made him feel happy, because he thought that I was a good-looking woman, and it kind of boasts his, you know, his ego, I guess, so I remember he walking me to my car afterwards. And I remember that was the first time him and I actually kissed. And after that, we end up leaving. And he ends up calling me while he's, when he gets home. And we talked briefly that evening and then that was that. So as the month progresses, I end up having a hard time getting back and forth to work because of the distance. My job was about 30 minutes out. And so I used to start going to his house and staying with him to get to work because my commute was about 10 minutes versus 30. And I remember him and I had lived together for a little bit over a month. And I remember helping him a lot out with his son when he had him. And I remember us playing this little family dynamic. We'd all hang out together and it got to the point to where he started giving me drawers. (laughs) And I started leaving things over there and I had hair products and, you know, bath things and, you know, just things like that around And that lasted for about, like I said, a little bit over a month. Because I was still looking for a place. Um, I was trying to save up at the time to move out of my dad's. So um, he had came. Him letting me stay with him was a lot of help. And it saved a lot of money for me. So um, by the time I end up getting my place. Um, we, I had experienced my first the first time he cheated on me. Um, I found out about that because one of the women that he has a child by had messaged me on Instagram and was saying that You know, don't trust him. He's a cheater. This and that. And, you know, I told him about it and he kind of just, oh, you know, she's crazy. She's crazy. Don't worry about it. You know, this and that. So I remember one day I got back to his place like a normal day. And we, like any other day, he got off work. I got off work. You know, I was doing laundry, hoping clean. He'd cook. And, you know, that was that. So I remember sitting in his bedroom. I had just took a shower and I was sitting in his bedroom and he was cooking dinner. And I get... I get a phone call. And I answer the phone and she says... just so you know, Adam was over at my place and we had sex. And I remember being heartbroken. I mean, I was heartbroken. Because I thought everything was going so well. And I I remember crying. And when I asked him about it, because he knew at that point that I would just ask her while he was in front of me so he ends up coming clean he says i went over there because she was saying that she and my daughter was going to go out of town or go to mexico or something like that she was threatening him about going to another place and he went over there to see if that was what she was going to do and he says that she ended up giving him oral sex and I remember him, I'm trying to leave. And I, it got a little physical because I remember me trying to hit him because I was so heartbroken and angry. And I remember trying to get my things and he kept trying to prevent me from leaving. And I remember trying to get out and I, I had my car parked in this driveway And I run in my car and I'm sitting there in my car and he gets in front of my car. So I couldn't back out because he wouldn't let me. It was either sit there or wait until he walks out, walks away, or run him over. (sighs) And um I remember sitting in the car yelling and screaming, like, get out of my way, I'm trying to leave. I remember these little crocodile tears he comes falling out of his damn eyes. I mean he sold it. I love you. I didn't mean to do it. I just didn't want her to go away with my child, this and that. And you just almost wanted to pity him. He had a he had a way of turning everything that he did on you. Or or as if it was his. He had to, you know, I had to do it. I had to, I had no choice. I had to let her do that. She was going to leave. She was going to leave with my daughter. It wasn't even about her. It was my daughter. My, she was going to leave with my child. I had to let her do it. And that was the first time that, remind you, I've never allowed a man to cheat. I've never had a man cheat on me. So I remember always telling my friends when they, you know, one of my friends got cheated on, like, girl, why would you stay? You're better than this. You know, he don't deserve you. And you end up finding yourself understanding the confusion that you get when something like that happens to you. You don't know. Here you were laying up with this man. Having sex with this man three to four times a day. Cuddling, watching TV and playing video games and dancing for him and just all this stuff. And then it just goes away, you know? You Here you are helping, cleaning up kids' rooms and his room and cooking and laundry and taking care of this man like he's your husband. Like you guys live happily together. And then that happens and you're like, do you want to give that up? You ask yourself and then you don't understand the pain of not having to be able to see your child when you want to. So I didn't understand that. So I didn't know what extreme measures people would go through to have that connection. And, that, 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 and remain connected to their own child. And I remember him throwing in my face, I'm gonna take her to court, I'm gonna take her to court, I'm gonna take her to court. We're gonna go to court if this won't happen again. Now, don't leave me, don't leave me. And that moment, I sat in my car in silence and I said, I can either stay or go because eventually he will move. He'll give up. He'll tire himself out. And there was a huge part of me that said, I don't want to give this up yet. It's just too good. It feels normal. It feels like what it, this is what it feels like to have a family. To have a a husband almost. To live with someone, sleep next to them, wake up happy. And here I am, I don't know anybody I don't have friends like that just yet and I got out of that car and I looked at him and I walked right into the house and I walk right into that house and I go to his bedroom and I am sit sitting here. and he comes into the room and he's holding his head, he starts sitting on his, he had a beanbag in his room and he starts sitting on it and he's holding his head because I had hit him so hard that he probably had like a, a headache or something because it was bad. And I remember just silently laying in that bed, crying, but at that moment I knew that there was a possibility that he could do it again. And there was a part of me that cried because I, I felt like if I would have left the first time this happened, two things would have happened. He would have... We would have broken up and been done permanently. Or I was allowing him... I was giving him the out, the okay, to know that if he did this again, it would only take the minimum for you to get me back so this is part one of the podcast and the beginning of it as well I will be going more into depth about everything else that has happened um, next time so please stay tuned